Hey, good time right now. Grab that connection card at the bottom of your bulletin. Go ahead, tear that off. Fill that out on the front side. Again, we, why do we do this? Why in the world do we take attendance? Well, we do belong to the West Michigan District of the Wesleyan Church, and every month we got to turn in reports what our attendance looks like. And this is one way that you all help us get the right attendance to our district, okay? So I want everyone to rip that thing off. I know some of you, like, I've never filled this out in my life, and I'm not going to. I'm begging you to fill it out this morning, all right? The back side is prayer requests, praises. You can write anything down on the back side. You may also want to know on the front of your connection card, there's going to be a baseball game that the men, and if you can invite your kids to, they're going to the West Michigan Whitecaps game this Saturday. It's in your bulletin, but you want to circle B on that connection card if you're going for baseball games. So we know exactly how many tickets to order for you. So that is this Saturday. So if you're going to go, circle B so Dwight knows how many tickets to order. That would be awesome. Also, right after church, there'll be a truck parked out full of flowers. Um, They're yours to grab. All right? I'm not saying what the flower is because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) Gladioli, Lola, whatever. It's that. That's going to be available in a truck for you, all right? Right after service outside, you swing by, you're going to see it, okay? You're going to see it, grab it. Flowers. Um, what else? Just uh, We want to celebrate a couple wins this past week. Last Sunday, we prayed for Josh, Pastor Josh and Pastor Patricia, as they were at family camp up in Hastings, Michigan, teaching all those kids, and they had several recommit their lives to Jesus. At least we know one that surrendered their life to Jesus through their ministry at camp, which was awesome. Uh, we got the privilege, Josh and I did, to baptize 10 people at camp just yesterday, which was an incredible experience as well. So it was really fun, great things that um, the team got to be able to do at camp. Um, And I asked a personal prayer request before we jump in. Will you pray for me this week? Um, On Wednesday is our district conference. What that means is our 68 churches that are in the West Michigan district are going to Frontline Community Church. And we are going there as a celebration of the year. This happens every year. And delegates from all the churches, depending on its size, are able to go and just celebrate what God's doing. We're voting on some things. And I got a call from our district superintendent, Chris Conrad. He said, Ryan, would you like to speak a seminar to a bunch of pastors? I said, whoo! um." (laughs) So... I need prayer because I haven't even got it together, and it's this Wednesday. And um, I'm speaking on how to create an evangelistic culture within your church. And so I I feel pressure because I'm going to have a room full of pastors and lay people, and I've never taught pastors before. And so I get to do it. I'm a little nervous, Uh, but pray for me, all right? Will you you pray for me? Uh, Before we jump in. Let's pray for this. Father God, we open our hearts to hear from your word. I've never viewed the fruits of the Spirit the way I have this summer. I'll be honest, God, I thought they were a little lame. But my goodness, do I realize I need them more than ever in my life. So, Father, as we talk about one of these this morning, may we live into it. Give us the strength and power 
that this fruit of the Spirit that we'll discuss this morning is oh so evident in our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone together said, Amen. Amen. Oh, I forgot one quick housekeeping note. You've been seeing some of the team wear uh, t-shirts lately. I've had so many of you ask where we can get these t-shirts. We'll have them available for you soon. All right? Soon. So be patient, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's patience. All right? So, uh, real quick, let's jump in. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit for several weeks. We've been looking at one a week. And where is this found in? What book? Let's try that again. What book? Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It says this, the fruit of the Spirit, the result of being a follower of Jesus Christ, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, which we're going to tackle this morning right in the middle, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we learned why Paul writes this letter, we learned there's conflict in the five churches that Paul church planted in the region of Galatia. And he's writing to them to say, knock it off. (laughs) You're in conflict. You're in chaos with one another. This is what you guys do in response to that. Because when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you have access to these. And this morning, as we look at goodness, I want you to do one thing. Everyone knows what bad is, but a lot of times we think goodness is the absence of badness, and it's not. So this morning, what I wanted to do is think of something good in your life, whether it's something you like to eat, something you like to drink, something you like to do, just think of something that you just, man, that's good, and turn to your neighbor and just tell them, what's something good, right? All right, ready? Go. What's something good? For me, I went out to the gas station this morning, Starbucks Frappuccino. Anyone else a fan? This is like goodness in a bottle, all wrapped up into this. I haven't even opened it, and I'm a little thirsty, so I'm going to drink some goodness. But we all have goodness in our life, do we not? That's why coffee will be full up in heaven. Rivers flowing, waterfalls, just coffee everywhere. Amen? All right. And last week we already said there's no coconut in heaven. So we declared that. I'm so, you, you coconut lovers, come back next week. I promise I'm not that mean. All right. There's just no coconut there. So goodness, right? Dab in the middle, goodness. And I'm going to define for us goodness before we jump into anything this morning. Because again, a lot of us believe goodness is the absence of badness. But when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, it's so much more. Define goodness this way. Goodness is generosity in one's darkness. Goodness is generosity in one's darkness, in one's conflict, in one's chaos, in one's brokenness. Goodness is generosity in that. And this morning, we're going to break goodness up into three parts. As we look, this is the only superpower, only not, the only character trait that is there from the beginning of time. 
In Genesis chapter 1, we're going to start at the origin of goodness. From the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, we are told that there is a God, and the Hebrew name for God there is Elohim. Let me hear you say Elohim. It's the very first name that we're told. It's the mighty one. It's the creator one that's there. And he begins to create. But we're told in Genesis chapter 1 that there's void, that there's darkness. It's empty. It's formless. And darkness hovered over the waters. Literally, it was written in Hebrew. And the literal translation means it is an inhabitable, inhabitable chaos. It's dark, it's void, there's nothing, and a great God begins to create, he begins to speak things into creation. And on the days as he goes and continues to speak, he begins to fill the seas with fish, and over and over we see that God creates, and it says, and God saw what he created, and it was what? One more time, and it was? It was good, there's our superpower. Empty darkness, God begins to fill with life and generosity out of who he is, and he calls everything good. And then he goes and he fills the skies with birds, and God looks, and he sees it, and it says, God saw it was good. And it doesn't stop there. God continues to create and begins to fill the land with animals, and it says, God saw that it was good. This generosity that God is pouring out and he begins to create this wonderful, beautiful world that we live in. And lastly, he bends down and he takes the dust of the earth and breathes life into the nostrils of this dust and creates man. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, let's read this together, church. God saw all that he had made and it was very. The origin of goodness, the origin of the superpower that Paul writes thousands of years later, God says, in emptiness, in darkness, in brokenness, there's nothing. Let me create out of the who I am and the generosity of my heart and creating all this goodness. And all this creation was wholeness. There was harmony, nothing broken in what God created. So if we read this in Genesis chapter 1, pardon the language, but what in the heck happened to God's creation? This is good. Exactly the way God intended everything to be. What broke it? After he gets done creating, he looks in everything. It was very good. Not good. Everything was good until the very end. He says it's very good. Which leads us to the second part, the disruption of goodness. And in the midst of God's creating the goodness out of his heart, that there's a disruption in the goodness that God created. It's called sin. And many of you know that story of Adam and Eve. And the sin comes like cancer. It spreads and it is devastating. And sin came into this perfect world and began to broke people, break people down. And sin still permeates everything today. It permeates us. It permeates our kids and our grandkids. It 
permeates our spouse. It permeates our factories, our government. Sin permeates our schools. It permeates things that we do on the sports field. Everywhere we look, sin permeates. There's disruption in God's goodness. And if you have been unaware of what, it, what in the world's happening in the news, what happened in Dallas, there's disruption in God's goodness. Sin is permeating everything that's not the way God intended it. And then just, just this past week, we have the guy in France that kills people. We live in a dark, broken world. But God's trying to redeem it. There's something we've been leaving out this entire time on purpose with this. Is we always start that slide out the fruit of the Spirit is. But if you actually look at the text, we've been leaving one word out. It actually begins, but the fruit of the Spirit. But tells us there's something before. Paul's writing to the people in Galatia as there's conflict and chaos that's happening in the churches. And he writes them and says, there's something about you. This, this, this is your natural bent is sin. You've got a sinful nature. And our sinful nature leads this, and this is for the first couple verses before our fruits of the Spirit. It actually says the acts of the sinful nature. What we're bent to do is sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfishness, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Paul's saying, this is life without God. This is what you're capable of doing. And then Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit. Paul's saying the disruption of all the goodness leads to this. But it doesn't have to be that way. Because when you follow Jesus, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I look at this list and I sit here and think, how many followers of Jesus are still engaging in some of this? And it absolutely breaks my heart. And Paul says it's the sinful nature that makes you, that leads you to this. I mean, how many of us have had fits of rage? I shared, I used to have anger problems like crazy. How many of us get so jealous of something else? Man, I wish I had their marriage. I wish I had their house. I wish their kids, my kids would behave like their kids. I'm just jealous. Do I dare go how many of us are in some kind of sexual immorality right now? This is the sinful nature. This is the disruption of God's goodness that he created. And the beauty is God's not done. Which leads us to the last part. The restoration of goodness. That a loving God does not say, oh, well, I'm just going to leave humanity like that. 
sinful nature and all, that a loving God says, no, I love my children too much to let them stay where they're at. And he sends himself as Jesus Christ, his son, to go to the cross to bear your punishment, to bear my punishment. We don't deserve the goodness of God. We don't deserve generosity in our own destruction, in our own chaos. But God is a good, good father that loves you too much to let you stay where you're at and sent Jesus Christ for the cross for you. My goodness has been destroyed at creation in the garden and the goodness continues or the destruction of my goodness. I am sending my son years later to redeem everything that's lost and broken. Going back to the way I intended it to be. That goodness, generosity is lived out. And one of the awesome things about the God that we serve is the God that we serve does not make you earn it. It's free grace. And sometimes we don't understand that because when we're hurt by someone, we want to make them repay us. No, you got to earn my grace back. But God says, in the midst of all that you are in your brokenness, come to me. You don't have to clean up your act to come to God. God says, come to me, I'll clean you from the inside out. We'll work on all that sinful nature stuff. But once you have received me and you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, you have the power and authority over everything you struggle with. Man, what would it look like, church? What would it look like if followers of Jesus begin to live with the power and authority of Jesus Christ in your life? What would it look like as God breaks chains and breaks addictions and rebuilds families and homes and we just say, my goodness, thank you, God, it is your goodness, and we begin to share it with other people? What kind of hope would we give this dark and broken world? But all too often, church, I wonder if we take this for granted. We see it. Yeah, I've been a Christian 20, 30, 40 years of my life, and I still feel like just the same person. I have no fire. I have nothing inside of me. Let me tell you, this cross over here, I don't remember how many of you were here in the fall. I believe it was fall. Maybe it was early winter. That we put names of people we were praying for who were far away from God. I haven't told anyone this. We have families coming here whose names are on that cross. Absolutely. And you better give me a bigger cheer. We have names on the cross who have surrendered their life to Jesus and have been baptized. Church, invite God into your mess. Don't wait till you get cleaned up because you can't clean up yourself on your own. That's the power of Jesus in your life. I love Paul. We've been looking at Paul, and then Paul takes three missionary journeys, and the Galatians is the first missionary journey. He's always wanted to go to this city called Ephesus. 
It's the fourth largest city of the Greco-Roman world at this time. It's huge, it's beautiful, but it's chaotic and broken. And he always desires to go there. And for whatever reason, God wouldn't let him go there on the first missionary journey. He finally goes on the second missionary journey. And what we have is Paul, years later, writes back to that church that he started in Ephesus. And we have that in our Newer Testament called Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 Paul writes this, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do what church? Read that with me. Good works. There's our superpower, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The beauty, I love what Paul's writing here. Paul's saying you as who you are, you are God's masterpiece. Everything you are, God has created you the way you are, and then that is your creation. But there's a second creation when you decide to follow Jesus, that you're created in Christ Jesus to do what again, church? One more time. Good works. That in everything that you do, you have the second creation. The old is gone, the new is here, and God has created you to do good works, which God has prepared for you to do. If you're not six feet under, God's still working in your life. God can use your brokenness to build his church. You have good works to do, church. And God can use the dirtiest stories, your brokenness, to build someone up for his kingdom. This is why we have on our shirts love. Share the love of God. Share his love. Because there's a disruption in God's goodness. We go back to this picture that this world, can you imagine before, as God creates out of the darkness and everything that's there, He creates this beautiful world in all of its darkness and void, and as He begins to give life into everything, there's something beautiful there. Because when he creates man, he created them in his image. If God is full of goodness and we're created in his image, that means you're full of goodness as an image bearer of God. And I think perhaps to sum everything up in all of this goodness, from the origin of goodness to the disruption of goodness to the restoration of goodness, what does it mean for you and I in God's goodness in our life as a superpower? Church, I think we could say it this way that our goodness reflects God's goodness. That your goodness reflects the goodness of God. Your generosity in someone's chaos, in someone's darkness, that just needs a glimpse of goodness, you can bring them a glimpse of who God is. That 18-year-old daughter that goes off to college for the first time, She's going 300 miles away to college. And dad gets that phone call. Dad's nervous. This is his baby girl. She's going off to college. And man, can't you just stay here at the community college? You're going 300 miles off. And on her way, she gets a flat tire. Dad gets the phone call. And the daughter says, Dad, I'm on the intersection and on the interstate. And I had to pull over. I've got a flat tire. And dad's saying, I'm going to be there, honey. Just tell me where. i got to help my little girl out. And she says, no, no, no. It's okay. There was a guy behind me in a truck that pulled over and fixed my tire. I'm good. And the dad says, oh, thank God. 
But it was the goodness of the guy that reflected God's goodness in this situation. It was that generosity in someone's need that the dad says, thank you, God, for that. Or it's the new couple that just moved into the area. New in church just for about two months. This couple has connected with a couple other people in the church. And at midnight, the, the husband gets a heart attack rush to the hospital, and this wife has no idea what to do. New to the area, new to the hospital, and all she does is call her best friend at church and says, you can't believe my husband's having a heart attack. Please help. He's going into surgery right now, and it's midnight, and the woman from the church decides to go and meet this wife at the hospital. It's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and she's there all throughout the middle of the night. And news gets around the church saying, man, wow, I cannot believe and thank God someone was there that she didn't have to do that alone in her life. Because it was the goodness of one person that reflected the goodness of God in a horrible situation. Or it's that family tragedy that you've experienced. The loss of a loved one Maybe it's financial just distress on your family. Maybe it's marital brokenness. You've got kids that are way away from the faith. But someone has spoken goodness into your life. Maybe provided meals. Maybe just wanted to hang out and talk with you, whatever it is. And you say, man, God, thank you for that. I just needed that person in this moment. Because your goodness reflects God's goodness. Your generosity in the midst of someone's chaos and brokenness will reflect God's goodness on someone. This past week when we were at camp, I was looking forward to camp. I thought I'd get rest and I did not get any rest. You know how that goes. And I was having a little, just a rougher week for me. Um, I don't know, I just wasn't fully into camp like I normally am every year. But this teenage girl came up to me and said, Pastor Ryan, will you baptize me? And in that moment, I just wanted to say, thank you, God, that's just what I needed right there. She had no idea that's what I needed. But in her goodness and generosity, Pastor Ryan, will you just baptize me? I just turned and said, thank you, God. That's all I needed for the whole week was this moment right here with this teenage girl. The beauty is with this girl named Jenna, that my wife and I, Pastor Josh and Nicole, have had this girl since fourth grade, and we were able, under our ministry and not using us, God using us, she was able to surrender her life to Jesus. Now, years later, she says, will you baptize me? It was in that moment that I realized, Jenna, you don't even know, but you're living out my message right now. And I'm experiencing my own words. This was already written before. And I just said, thank you. Your goodness shining through this little girl, and she has no idea. I want to close with the words of Matthew. 
Matthew writes these words of Jesus, our Savior. We've actually seen this before in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your what? One more time, they may see your what? That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Church, as we live out this radiant life that we want others to experience, you continue to shine before them, experience them, give people generosity in the midst of their own hurts and pains. Why? Because Jesus says, when they see your good deeds, our superpower, when they see it, who do they praise? They praise God. Because your goodness reflects God's goodness. I want to ask a question. Who in your life, who in your life can be an outlet of your goodness? I want you to just literally take, take a minute to think about that. Someone in your life, maybe it's the workplace, maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's your friend, a family member, maybe it's a classmate, whatever it is, who in your life can be an outlet of your goodness. Because when they experience your goodness, they'll reflect God's goodness. Just pause, and I just literally, I want, I want, and I want to absolutely silent. I want you to come up with someone. Because you may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. Who can be the outlet of your goodness in your life? Think about it. We love that generosity when we're hurting. We love it. So go share it. Don't sit on it. Go share it with someone else who needs it. It's the superpower that God gives you as a follower of Jesus. It's God's goodness. Let me pray for you. God, I just want to thank you for who you are. Because first and foremost, you are a good, good father. Who sees us in all of our brokenness. And God, we bring a lot in here this morning. Hearts are heavy. They just need a glimpse of your goodness. They just need a glimpse of your generosity in their darkness and in their conflict, whether it's with their spouse or their kids or a coworker or a boss. They just need something, God. I pray that our heart and our spirit would be in tune with yours. That we don't just look at the cloud of circumstances around us, that our eyes remain fixed on you. And God, it can't stop there. Oh God, when we experience it, may you, even to those that don't know who can be an outlet of my goodness, God, I pray you would reveal that in the days to come. That you would reveal that. Give us the strength and power to be generous knowing that someone is hurting. A marriage is crumbling. Kids are crumbling. Addictions are there. God, give us the strength 
to speak generosity into the midst of that so that we, that man is our Savior, Jesus Christ writes, will see our good works and praise you, God. God, you are a good, good Father, and we thank you this morning. May we live into the power of goodness in our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, the ushers, you can come forward. Grab your connection card out. It's a great time. This is when you drop it off in the plate. If you're a first-time guest with us, welcome to Radiant Life Church. We are so glad. You can take your connection card to Radiant Cafe. There's just We just want to say thank you. Drinks are on us for your family. Just a way to say thank you for worshiping with us. And church, I've got one more thing. Is We take offering every, every week. As God commands us, it's an act of worship. This is an act of worship to give back to what God blessed us with. You have seen the numbers on the back wall that says lives surrendered to Jesus, 62. Friends, we've got 45 more people to put on those, those numbers still. From last month, 45 adults, teens, and kids surrendered their lives to Jesus. That doesn't happen without our faithful giving. And we have some projects to do to get ready for our fall because we're getting busier and busier in our sanctuary. The good thing is we've got the money for it. It's just in your pockets. <laughs> so reach to your neighbor, grab their wallet. No. <laughs> hey, we've upped our finances this past year because we have more people which means our kids' supplies need to increase, which means our office supplies which need to increase. We have a lot of things we need to increase because of our numbers and our attendance is up. So just continue to pray to God to say, God, what is it that you want? This is a heart issue. It isn't a money grab. This is a heart issue reflecting your heart and trust on God that God, whatever I give, give you will provide for me with whatever else I live on in my life. So let's pray for the offering, God. God, we love seeing your kingdom grow and expand. We love seeing lives changed. And it's through this offering, God, I ask that you would bless both the gift and the giver. As we pray every week, may we see this be used wisely to expand your kingdom, not only here within our church, but outside these walls and into our community. For those people who are walking in darkness and just have that stinky life that they just don't know what to do in their loss, may they come to radiant life by entering into a relationship with you, Jesus Christ. God, expand your kingdom as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As the plate passes by, will you please stand and we'll close with good, good Father. Church, will you please repeat after me? My goodness, my goodness. reflects God's goodness. God's One more time. My goodness, my goodness. reflects God's goodness. God's will you go and be an outlet to someone to reflect God's goodness in your life? Because someone in your life needs to see God. Amen? Amen? Go be that person, all right? Hey, blessings to you. I'm not going to tell you food of spirit next week. You got to come back for it. We'll see you.